Section three of Notes of an East Coast Naturalist by Arthur Henry Patterson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bird Notes, Part three. Night in the Reeds. Margining most of the broads, fringing long tracks by the riversides, and covering a large portion of the marshlands are thick growths of reeds in the snug and sheltered recesses of these mazy clumps the bearded tit the reed bunting and more than one species of warbler build their nests and rear their little ones night in the summer months is made musical by the chattering reed warbler which at intervals wakes up to run over bar after bar of its familiar little song and one has but to crackle through the reed margin with an oar or fling into their midst a bit of mud to set bird after bird warbling its ditty of astonishment but to my mind the most interesting tenant of these reed beds is the common starling who gathers sometimes in large flocks to spend in the more sheltered and secluded stretches the summer and autumn nights whilst one may be quietly sitting in his boat fishing or otherwise idling in the broadlands one cannot fail to notice as the afternoon sun begins to lower compact little bunches of from ten to thirty starlings passing overhead making for some familiar roosting place from all directions more especially from the marshlands flock after flock drops down into the reed beds the earlier arrivals noisily disputing possession with those constantly coming in the damage done to the reeds was in years gone by deemed considerable for reed harvesting was then profitable both to owner and labourer the latter of whom was even tempted to give up other employment to take on this when reeds commanded high prices from the thatcher and plasterer there was something like a small campaign carried on against the starlings which were hustled out of their lodgings and repeatedly shot at Today they appear to be allowed to retain quiet possession the ripple of their chatter and the murmur of their wings in the reed bed remind one of the distant beating of the surf upon the seashore with them in autumn congregate hosts of swallows and sand martins young and old together crowded out of their all too small nests in the marsh mills and roof trees of the farm sheds and glad too of a respite from the onslaughts of the myriad parasites that made the old home unbearable the night has scarcely departed ere the swallows flit and chatter around and above the reeds and the starlings rested and hungry betake themselves to their favourite pastures to return at eventide to repeat these manoeuvres and do so until winter compels them to seek more safe and sheltered roosting places than the sere brittle leafless stems 
that jostle and crackle and break in the wintry blast turtle doves one of my most interesting memories is of the days when as a lad i used to wander among the thick spreading firs that up to the seventies smothered the north deans in the holes or depressions between the heaps of blown sand crowned by a luxuriant growth of the yellow-flowered firs might often be seen small flocks of turtle doves turta communis more often in the early morning before their greatest enemy was afoot with gun and bad intent missile thrushes and wood pigeons too came with them to hunt for food of what kind i could not imagine unless it was for the succulent leaves of the sea bindweed and the great seed pods that later on followed the pale pink trumpet-shaped flowers thrushes too came in search of the nemoralis crawling among the grass while the dew was still upon it i have seen over twenty doves in a flock winchats stonechats and wheat ears nested then in some numbers as did occasional common and red-legged partridges but it was the low plaintive melancholy cuckoo of the turtle that always tempted me to watch him in preference to all the others for the thoughts of his far-away home in sacred palestine and the associations of the bird with what i had read and re-read of him in the scriptures encircled him with a halo of romance the levelling of the sand dunes by the golfer and the incursion of the railway and many other untoward circumstances has entirely banished the turtle dove however in the more wooded districts it appears to be on the increase i saw a turtle dove in eighteen eighty two that had been caged for twelve years some beautiful hybrids between tumbler pigeons and the turtle dove were produced in the aviary of a resident several years in succession nesting of sand martins the last sand martin's nest within the immediate neighbourhood of the town was in eighteen eighty one placed in a hole in a broken sand-hill at the rear of an old windmill on the north deans within a few yards of where now stands the golf-house it is strange that notwithstanding the increased traffic to and from the naval reserve drill-sheds the persistency of bird-nesting urchins and the like the birds persevered in nesting there so late even as that other nesting locations have been all but deserted in late years some scores of birds were turned out at galston when the cliff slopes facing the sea were levelled and brought under cultivation and the great falls of cliff at scratby caused by sea storms have ousted a colony there fortunately railway cuttings offer greater security and have been chosen by the sand martins 
whose numbers do not appear to have suffered the decrease observed in kindred species beyond galston towards Corton, the nest holes of the sand martins are still tenanted in the summer months in july eighteen ninety i counted seventy-one in an area of some twenty-four square yards from their shallowness it seemed that some borings had been begun and given up because of an obstructive stone or a furze root or some caprice of the little miner had made it suddenly decide upon another site most of the tenanted burrows were situated at least eighteen inches from the abrupt top of the sand cliff and were protected somewhat by overhanging firs it was hard work climbing and crawling up the crumbling slope to inspect the colony for the loose sand gave way at every step and necessitated three efforts to make one actual advance the borings were more than an arm's length and not a nest could be touched but some urchins had been amusing themselves by inserting long bramble stems which they had wormed around in circular fashion and having caught the nests on the hook-like thorns had pulled them out the nests were built or tumbled together of dried flustra foliacea picked up from the beach below and lined with small white gull feathers gleaned in the same locality the queerest nesting place of sand martins i have seen was at thorpe in holes in a brick wall the foundations of which are lapped by the waters of the yare the tenants popped in and out evidently as satisfied with their mansions as any of their friends who had chosen the drier sand holes in a sand pit i like the sand martin he is a silent confident little fellow he is the hardiest of his race and puts on no airs he is the best of company when one chooses to tramp along through the rank grasses topping braden walls when for mile after mile a muster of them continue flitting around like a swarm of gigantic bees snapping up often within arm's length the dipterous insects brushed out of the grass by the pedestrian again in autumn this martin flits around you along by the seashore especially if you are near to the tide mark where the sand flies and other insects are making merry upon the refuse stranded by the sea whipping them up as they spring away at your advance identification of birds the spread of bird literature and the more systematic scientific formation of private collections of birds have done much towards the furtherance of our knowledge of the comings and goings of many species and of the occurrence of others hitherto rarely or never before noticed or recorded it is remarkable that several of the rarest specimens that i have known occur have fallen to the guns of either exceedingly illiterate persons or sportsmen who 
from inexperience and stupidity scarcely deserve the names for instance a lad in september eighteen eighty three tramped along braden walls and was about to cross onto the railway and make for home when it occurred to him not having seen a bird to shoot at to knock over the first sparrow he came across in order to empty his fowling piece he observed a small bird near by and shot at it killing it it turned out to be a rather bunnier thing than he had hitherto handled and it was passed on to a naturalist to name who identified it as a blue throat cyanecula suecia in september eighteen eighty one a local gunner killed six small birds and learned after he had cooked them that they were little stints tringa minuta in the earlier half of the last century an old naturalist who had a great liking for eating birds did a similar thing with a red-breasted goose Bernicla ruficollis and immediately after was chagrined in seeing the feathers identified as those of the species named a palace's sand grouse on the north dean sandhills was thought to resemble a rat and a gunner killed it and sold it to a dealer for half a crown many instances of spoiled specimens might be noted and many others of birds identified by competent individuals after hairbreadth escapes from destruction nowadays however naturalists are on the alert for curious captures either in bird nets or by shooting and nothing exhibiting unusual coloration or strange markings and characteristics is passed over before one or more have sat in judgment upon it nor does the fortunate possessor part with it until the market price for him has reached its highest limit in recent years the local bird catchers have learned to recognize certain interesting birds i will not say rarities because careful observation has proven them otherwise the american shorelark otocores alpestris was thought exceedingly rare until eighteen seventy six when an educated gunner made the discovery of its frequent appearance he shot several that year and although subject to variation in numbers scarcely a year goes by but a number are now observed and captured a rather covetous gunner shot nineteen one morning in eighteen eighty two another in october eighteen eighty observing a flock of six killed them all one after the other they were stupidly tame like dotterel the survivors settled not far off after each discharge of the gun the shorelark is sociable in its habits affecting the society of snow buntings amongst these two the lapland bunting 
calcareus laponicus is usually noticed migrants of the last named species also arrive almost every winter in october and november eighteen ninety two over fifty were taken and shot since then the bird catchers who easily distinguish its more silvery note from the call of the snow bunting do their best to capture it with only too much success the adventures attendant on a stranger's capture are sometimes interesting a caspian plover agiolitis asiatica was knocked over on the north deans and its murderer left it at a house where the mistress threw it on the top of the clock to be out of the way of the cat it was taken down dusty enough and shortly after identified and has since been permanently lodged in norwich museum an old punt gunner recently deceased used to be exceedingly painstaking in seeking the kentish plover agiolitis cantiana locally known as the alexandrine plover he would closely scan in the spring migration every little group of small waders in order to detect this species whose mode of progression reminded him as he expressed it of a mouse a-runnin he was the only man i knew who could distinguish it by this from its cousin the ringed plover it is impossible to distinguish it in the autumn from the young of the commoner bird owing to its similarity of markings at that period at least when on the move beside some braden run it is easy of course to identify the bird when in the hand stevenson relates an interesting incident where old john bessie the reputed best shot with a punt gun that ever worked braden who in may eighteen twenty seven shot a pair of collared prattencoles glariola prattencola on braden wall they were so dirty and besmeared with blood that the wife of harvey a noted game dealer washed them as she would stockings and hung them on a pole to dry harvey gave twenty shillings for them and obtained even after the rough treatment to which they had been subjected no less than seven pounds a ferruginous duck fuligula niroca hung amongst other ducks on durrant's stall in yarmouth market-place on october eighteen ninety four it was passed and repassed during the day by several birdmen and was then accidentally recognised by a local skin dealer who was feeling the fowl in a casual cook-like manner some years ago before the allotments were drained and made into suitable grazing marshes an old gunner named sampson used to go flighting there at eventide in the dusk there came towards him what he took to be a heron he fired at and killed it 
and paid no more heed to it than flinging it down beside another bird or two previously shot notwithstanding he had casually noticed its flight was more sharp and pigeon-like than a hernsher's he flung it into the coal-house where it was found in the morning by his sister who shovelled it up with the coals it was much ruffled and afterwards sold for two shillings to watson a game-dealer who recognised it as a fine bittern the bagging of any wild fowl may be looked upon as a matter of accident for unlike a sportsman counting with some degree of certainty his game before shooting it in a partridge preserve the shore gunner trusts entirely to chance for what may fall in his way even here certain calculations are possible dependent on the wind and other like circumstances but it is notorious that all our rarest visitors have been met with when altogether undreamt of some years ago a young gunner let fly at what he thought to be a lark finding afterwards the strange-looking specimen in his hand to be the first recognised locally shot example of the shore lark in recent years a gunner on braden coming home empty-handed found his cartridge had jammed rather than take the gun ashore loaded he thought he would shoot at the first gull that went by in the hope that the cartridge might possibly explode which it did subsequently the bird which had been stuffed for a herring gull was discovered to be the yellow-legged gull larus cashinans a species new to the british list the grey wagtail the similarity of the grey wagtail motacilla melanope to its congeners and the comparatively little notice given to the various species by local gunners may account for the infrequency of its recognition the messrs paget refer to it as not uncommon in winter the season of the year when it is to be met with it was often met with near the town refuse heaps by the side of the bure since built upon where various insects and grubs were almost certain to be met with all winter through the bird's comparatively longer tail and more dipping flight attracted the attention of an observant young gunner who secured examples a striking habit of the species is its propensity for persistently frequenting certain resorts if constantly disturbed it invariably returns to the same locality the presence of some small crustaceans near my boathouse doors on christmas day eighteen ninety nine attracted a grey wagtail which although repeatedly disturbed in order to test this predilection came back time after time a january immigration on the eighteenth of january eighteen eighty one 
outraged a most disastrous gale when amid snow and storm many vessels were wrecked on yarmouth beach the day before was intensely cold so much so that the large pebbles still moist from the retreating waves froze over and with each wetting the ice formed a thicker incrustation until they looked like nodules of pure ice on that date a marked inrush of small land birds took place thousands of fieldfares and red wings simply poured in and for an hour or so they came on like a huge feather snowstorm they passed almost within arm's length bewildered ruffled and exhausted i shot some red wings they were exceedingly poor various finches linnets red poles twites and the like were to be distinguished many dropped upon the sand huddled in ruts made by the passing of cartwheels fell asleep at once and were to be picked up by hand a sparrow that i recognised by sight called my attention to his incoming by his familiar call note a bird disaster exceedingly rough weather prevailed during the period of migration in september eighteen eighty one an unprecedented immigration of raptorial birds took place just prior to the weather reaching its severest during the second and third week in the month buzzards harriers and hawks were reported in all directions on the morning of the twenty fourth i went for a walk along the north beach and was surprised to find scattered here and there on the tide mark a number of dead birds i picked up three sparrow hawks in the crop of one only i discovered a few fragments and some feathers of a perching bird three common buzzards a marsh harrier and a razorbill were also found but all so mauled and bedraggled by the storm as to be useless for preservation quite a series of mishaps occurred to such as arrived alive many were shot a sparrow-hawk struck a gas-lamp in a row and was found stunned and a buzzard injured itself by flying against the signal light on the sailor's home several honey-buzzards were shot one in the act of robbing a hive in an orchard do partridges migrate the invariable answer of well-informed naturalists is in the negative in my boyish days when the north deans were covered with a luxurious growth of firs the red-legged partridge cacabis rufa frequently nested there and moreover it was the common practice of boys in the month of april to go on to the deans and marham hills in search of exhausted frenchmen and not seldom in the latter half of that month and early in may a few birds were secured by hand after a scampering chase early in april eighteen eighty two several flew in from direct east 
with an easterly wind and some were captured in eighteen seventy seven a number of these birds dropped in the vicinity of the town one actually which i saw alighted amongst some furniture exposed for sale in the market-place and afforded a most delightful hunt to the great detriment of chairs and tables and the discomfiture of their owner i eventually secured the prize and this with another just captured lived happily until killed by rats in my back garden it was the general belief of the gunning fraternity in those days that these birds came directly overseas against this belief must be placed the fact according to sir thomas brown that in his day the french red-legged partridge is not to be met with it was introduced into east anglia by the marquis of hertford and lord rendlesham in or about the year seventeen seventy another consignment was turned out in eighteen twenty three booth mentions that in early spring numbers are frequently picked up drowned in the norfolk broads and that the natives look upon them as fresh arrivals he says i myself having often noticed their quarrelsome disposition believe that while flying in pursuit of one another over the water they become confused and falling are unable to regain the shore stevenson took considerable pains to attempt a satisfactory solution of the matter and gives instances of the bird being found on beach and deans both at yarmouth and cromer one observer flushed a covey of from twenty to thirty which flew round once or twice and then out to sea still keeping on in a direct course until he lost sight of them although using a good glass a mr mays informed stevenson that they come over about the middle of march or beginning of april the wind mostly south-east and south i have seen them when i have been out to sea four or five miles from land probably the theory propounded by stevenson may be the right one after all where he suggests a wandering instinct in this partridge and attempts at leaving our shores these birds he says or a portion of them at least some probably falling short and being drowned at sea misjudging the distance and their own paths of flight would return again to our shores in an exhausted state and when picked up under such circumstances would very naturally be regarded as foreigners just arrived on the coast i have on one or two occasions only found dead examples on the beach it may be urged that the excessive weight of the birds when compared with their seeming feebleness of wing would prevent a long flight across seas but the same might be said with regard to the quail which is an annual although in this locality 
lessening immigrant end of section three